Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. You don't know how to play first base. It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, watch. It's incredibly hard. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Every time you play one off your hips, you owe me 40 sit-ups. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey, you guys. Don't throw me anything. My girlfriend put a curse on my glove. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. You ought to get the ball around the end. You know what that makes you. Hurry. Lolligan. It is 5.30 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm thinking I should put together a hockey one of these, but there are so many things in Slapshot you can't use. I just don't know if I'm going to have anything left. Everything's going to be on the, the floor of the editing room. But the Lou Brown of Broadcasting is going to join me right now here on WSBT Radio. I mean, he's calling rugby on Fox National of course, Big Ten Network Hockey. My good friend Ben Holden joining me on June the 29th to talk a little hockey. Why not? Ben, how are you? Hey, I got a guy on the line that wants to set a white wall. Can I get back to you? Dude, that, I, I love I love the money ball clip and then the next one that I think that was the major league clip, man. Yeah. Great open, dude. So I'm I'm good, Darren. It's uh you know, it's never uh, never a bad time to talk hockey, and who knows what else we'll get into. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun talking with you and your audience in South Bend. Same as well. How about a former Notre Dame hockey volunteer assistant who went on to beat Notre Dame in the national semifinals as a head coach at Denver, now in the National Hockey League. He's got his second job and was just named the Coach of the Year, leading the Boston Bruins to the greatest regular season of all time. Jim Montgomery must have listened very well to Jeff Jackson. Yeah, you know, it's it's an unbelievable story. And, um, you know, I, I got to know Monty a lot doing the NCHC, of course, all the years I did. And, you know, the, there, there's so many people that, that struggle with what he's gone through. And I thought his speech, number one, was, was pretty moving and inspiring. And he's a good man. And uh, I, I'll always cheer for him. And, you know – we were texting yesterday this is for the audience, of course. And, you know, I said to Darren, I said, make sure that you ask me about Monty. Of course he did. I knew he would. And I, I said, I got a great story on him. So I, I, I must've sat next to him 15 times the year that he volunteered, uh, assisted with Jeff at the old Joyce center. And, <laughs> you know, I, having, having grown up in East Lansing and in Lansing and, and being a Michigan state fan, you know, for my entire life, um, you know, my, my thing as a kid was college hockey. It really was, it wasn't the NHL until I got older. And so with that said, you know, Jim Montgomery is arguably one of the, I think he's one of the top 10 greatest players ever play in college. I mean, the guy scored ridiculous amount of points at Maine, 300 points and, you know, with Paul Correa. And so I, I obviously knew who he was and, we didn't talk a whole lot that year. I, I was sitting next to him and falling off the platform at the Joyce Center with the chairs, <laughs> you know, sliding back and you drop down four inches. But, 
much better setup now, Darren, in the booth, as yes. you know. But, you know, just a great story. And, and, and Monty just really – I remember talking to him about it once I was around him a lot in the NCHC, all kidding aside. And, you know, he just said, look, I wanted to, to learn from one of the absolute best, and that's, you know, Jeff, of course. And, you know, there was a game back when Monty was a player, I know you know about, where they beat, they beat Lake Superior and – and all that stuff, and they had a they had a relationship. But I think that the thing that people need to know, really, the big the big reason they were connected was Sean Walsh, and you know, it was a former assistant at Michigan State, who Jim later played for, and and, and Jeff Spirit was very close with Sean, and, and and all those coaches that you know came came into the game back in the day, back in the '70s when they did, in the '80s, and all that. So great story, great to see Monty have success, and. Uh, you know, they're going to be a different team this year. I think we're already seeing that, Boston. And, um, you know, I wish him success. He's a great man in whatever he does. And uh, met his family, been around his family a few times over the years, the tournament. So, great to see him uh, come back and win it. And uh, hopefully, if you're a Boston fan, they can get it done next year. As a Boston fan, that was a rough ending to the year, to say the least. You know what, Ben? It's been interesting through the years. You think back, Herb Brooks, Badger Bob went from college hockey to behind the bench in the National Hockey League. And we've started to see a trend again lately of pro hockey dipping their toe back into the college ranks, including a guy like Dave Haxtell, who was at one of the premier programs in college hockey, North Dakota. He's now in the National Hockey League, and he took over that Seattle Kraken franchise when it was being built up a couple of years ago. It's really interesting to see how the college ranks once again are breaking through, getting some of those NHL jobs. Yeah, I mean, I, I can certainly talk to that. I mean, uh, you know, one of my best friends in, in life and in, in hockey as well, David Quinn's another guy out in San Jose trying to That's resurrect right. their program and, you know, and, and get them on the right track. But you know, as far as Hack goes, I mean, what an unbelievable job. Um, you know, the team that he had in North Dakota before he left, I mean, him and Brad Berry and Dane Jackson recruited all those players when they won the whole thing in 16. And, you know, the year before he gets the chance to make the jump. And, you know, like Quinny getting another opportunity uh, with a second NHL team. And uh, Hack's a great coach, man. He's all about details. Most are, but he just seemed to be more about details than – than most coaches I've been around, and that's saying something. Um, very detail-oriented, you know, very stern with his team. I think a lot of people, and this is kind of a personal story, and I'm one of those people before I even tell the story, that, you know, when you first see him, he looks, you know, I guess a lot of coaches look intimidating, but uh, the <laughs> first time I ever did North Dakota was in 2008, and I was like, man, I don't want to mess with this guy. I don't want to ask the wrong question or ask something I shouldn't ask, right? And and Sean Richland was with me in that regional, and Freddie Pletch was our ringside. And, and Sean knew Dane Jackson a little bit from Dane having played in Rochester and Sean being from there. And once I got to know Hack, he was just – he was unbelievable. He couldn't have been nicer. Brad Berry's the same way up there now. And, and Quinny, I spent two years riding the bus with him in the American League. Uh, he did more to help me. I went through a lot of my personal life there when I was in Cleveland. And, you know, I, I'm always going to pull for the college guys. Darren you know I just am whether it's whether it's a coach whether it's somebody in management whether it's an equipment manager a trainer a doctor a player what broadcaster whatever it is it's just really my heart and soul in hockey and and I love the game so it's great to see those guys uh, 
getting those chances at the next level. I wish I had a dollar for every time an Irish fan came up to me and say, how mean is Coach Jackson? He looks so intense on the bench. I'm like, right? you know what? Ask him about the Detroit Tigers, and he will lighten up, yep. although that might get him in a bad mood as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, they're – they're in the race, man. But they no, are. You're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right, Darren. <laughs> oh, you boy. are. And, and, and Jeff's in that category, too, of, you know, just he's always helpful. He's always understanding. I mean, last year doing the – or this past year doing that playoff series down at your building, you know, in the Big Ten. And, you know, five minutes before every game, he always came out. He talked to us. And, you know, he was honest. He was up front. And, you know, that's what makes him the, the man he is and the, and the outstanding coach that he is and has been for so many years in our sport. And, you know, I, I get excited. I do when I get to go and, and do a Notre Dame game. It's a big deal. You know, it's, it, it still is to me. It's, it's Notre Dame, you know. And, um, you know, I was glad to do that, that regional a couple of years ago in, in, in Albany. And, you know, I hadn't seen Jeff in a long time because I've been on the other side of, you know, college hockey for so many years. And, it's, it's been a lot of fun to be back in the Big Ten. Um, you know, it's closer to home. The traveling's yep. a lot easier, all those things. And, you know, hopefully moving forward, I get to come to Notre Dame a little bit more, but we'll see. He is Ben Holden, one of the voices of the Big Ten Network calling college hockey. I'm Darren Pritchett on WSBT Radio. So, speaking of the Big Ten, so you got Bob Motzko at Minnesota, one of the all-time yep. great programs, and he's done a great job with the Gophers. You've got yep. Brandon Narado now the full-time head coach at Michigan. Again, Blue Blood yep. hockey program. You've got Adam yep. Nightingale, who appears to be reigniting that Michigan State program. They took a big jump last year. Mike Hastings, sure who did an amazing job at Minnesota yep. State, takes over for Tony Granado at Wisconsin. Guy Godowski, as steady as can be. They produce, it seems yep. like, the same season every year. Great success at Penn State. And, oh, yeah, Jeff Jackson is at Notre Dame. So where's the weak link going to be in the Big Ten this year? I mean, we talk every year, this is the toughest Big Ten. I've never seen anything like this. Well, I mean, you're right. You know, and Steve Rollick, you know, his teams at Ohio State, yes. you know, they, they seem to, you know, put up, you know, good years. But, you know, to your point, I mean, last year it was the closest year we've ever seen in the conference. And, you know, in 10 years of it and – you know, this year, I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's the million-dollar question, Darren. It's like I think Mike Hastings is going to come in. I've gotten to know Hasty through Quinny, mm -hmm. and I had Minnesota State a few times in the tournament, including the last two times they went to the Frozen Four. And, you know, what an amazing job he did. It, it, you know, you look at, like, what Jeff did. You go back when he was at Lake State. I mean, they won three national titles at that small little school on the mm -hmm. Canadian border in the <laughs> – the far eastern corner of the UP, and it's hard to attract talent. It's hard to attract players there. And now, I mean, you look at the Big Ten. I mean, these teams are all chartering, and you know they're flying on you know charter jets. And it, it, life is easier for the players, and it's very appealing. And they're on TV a lot, and that's a big appeal. Um, I think by casings, I don't know if they'll do it in year one, but. I'd say by year two, they're going to be a major player in our sport, not just in the conference, but nationally, because Minnesota State's not an easy school to recruit at. Um, he's going to be recruiting a lot different player than he did, as you know, at Minnesota State, uh, at Wisconsin. Um, it's an amazing draw. They've got amazing facilities. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know who's going to be the last place team in this conference. I mean, I don't even know. 
I, honestly, man, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I'm thinking about it now that you brought it up, like, you know, going into the preseason. I mean, you look at, man, I mean, it's tough. I mean, I think you have to go with Minnesota. I think you got to go with Michigan second. Um, you know, I think Michigan State, they got this Trey Augustine kid. And, mm-hmm. you know, he got drafted He got drafted by Detroit today. I believe there were uh, 19 Big Ten players drafted, uh, close to 70 in college hockey. So, again, carrying the flag for the sport. Um you know, I think Notre Dame's going to be really good because they've got Ryan Bischel, and and they've got quite a bit back. So, you know, and then then where do you go? I mean, Penn State, like you <laughs> said, they're steady Eddie. They kind of do the same thing every year, and you know, it, it's going to be a heck of a year. I can't wait, you know, and to see it get going. So it's I I don't think they long form question or, or answer to your question, Darren. I don't think there is a weak link in this conference. I just no. don't. I think they're just going to beat the tar out of each other like they did last year. You mentioned that you called the Notre Dame-Michigan State quarterfinal round series, a series that ended Notre Dame's season as Michigan State won that best of three. We were standing and talking with our broadcast booths side by side, mm-hmm. and, and after the game we're, we're jabbering away, and we looked out of the ice, and all of a sudden a Notre Dame yep. player comes out. The place is empty except basically the media – and in full uniform, pads, skates, everything, a Notre Dame player comes out and sits down on the bench and is just looking around the arena. And we figure it out. It's it's Trevor Janicki, who we thought that was his last collegiate game, but he's actually returning for another year. Mm-hmm. And you snapped a picture of Trevor Janicki, and that's just one of those special moments, and it tells you how important a place like Notre Dame can be to a player like Trevor Janicki. Hundred percent, Darren. I mean, yeah, I remember that clear as day. You, you and I were there. Cappy was still in the booth with me, and you know, media, as you mentioned, camera people tearing down their cameras, and our crew tearing everything out of the building that we had in for the three games. And you know, that just, you know, I've I've seen that at other places. You probably have too. And you know, I I think about it more so in in football than I do in hockey. And I think, you know, obviously the COVID stuff changed, you know, a ton of stuff. I mean, I think we have, what, a year left, maybe another year on top of it mm-hmm. um, for players to come back. And so, you know, I don't know Trevor well. Um, again, I go back to that Albany Regional, and, you know, I hadn't been around Notre Dame in a long time. And, and he was one of the guys that, you know, I watched him play on tape, and I remember talking to the SID uh, it was Dan back then, Catherine, of course, now does it. And, and I said, who's well-spoken? You know, I knew, obviously, Andy Slager's kids were because mm-hmm. I've known Andy since I started doing college hockey in 2004. And, you know, so I knew I could go to those guys. And I met Trevor, and I was just blown away by I – mean, first of all, he just had an attitude about him of, of positivity. He's a happy guy. He's well-spoken. He's a hard-nosed player. I think he's a really good player that – you know, over time can, can make it at the next level, clearly. Um, and so, you know, we had a little small little friendship there over the few games I'd done. And, you know, it just it kind of got to me when I saw that. And it, like you said, man, it, it shows you how much these players care. And so a few days later, I actually I texted the picture to Jeff and I texted it to Catherine. And I, I almost posted it on social media, but I'm not that kind of person in that way where – that's, that could have been his last game. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to be respectful and, and share it with Jeff and, and Catherine and said, hey, I wanted you to see this. Um, thought you might like to see it or pass it on to Trevor if it was his last game. Mm-hmm. 
that's kind of why I did it. And I did it too, because of, you know, the love, the passion, the commitment it takes to play college hockey and to play at a school like Notre Dame. So that was a pretty cool moment. And um, I'm glad he's coming back. I hope I get to see him again this year, Dan. Well, Ben, just showing our age, Notre Dame has added a fourth coach, and that's something that's occurring across Division One hockey. A fourth coach has been added for this year, and Notre Dame tapped into their alumni. Brock Sheehan, who was a defenseman for Jeff Jackson back in the early days of the program, is coming back. He was a volunteer assistant coach, and most recently the AHL head coach of the Washington Capitals top farm team so you even remember Brock Sheehan skating around the old Joyce Center ice rink as a fighting Irish defenseman I do you know I remember him with Kyle Lawson and uh, missing guys but you know I think Mark Van Gilder was around then and you know they had a they had a good nucleus of guys when Jeff came in in 05 and you know he was just steady Eddie out there man he was a, a, a quiet guy and he just played the game the right way and and I didn't get to know him all that well, but, um, you know, he's made a quick ascent, man, through through the ranks. You know, he coached in Chicago with that that great Chicago program, and, you know, it's it's a great move for Jeff, and, and he's obviously had a lot of stability with pools and, and, and slags. I mean, I can't believe Andy's been in Notre Dame for 30 years. I mean, I asked him <laughs> that last year. I was like, 30 years? To your point, I'm like, dude, I'm getting old, man. Like, this is crazy. But it's, it's great, you know, and it's, it's, it's great to have – you know, I think it's great to have that little bit of a younger voice. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but I think it's good to have that that younger voice, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think players can, can relate to that too. Like, obviously, they're going to relate to the head coach and the assistant coaches as well, but I, I think he's done a great job, and, you know, it's like so many others I've seen, whether it's Notre Dame guys or Michigan guys or whatever school it is, you know, they get to a point, we know, Darren, that these players, they only have a certain window and if they don't get there, you know, most of them seem to go into either finance <laughs> or <laughs> hockey and coaching. And, and, and Brock's, you know, chosen the latter. So I think it's a great hire for the Irish program. And I think he'll do some really good things with their program. And, you know, I always remember how highly Jeff spoke of him. You know, just he was cerebral. He thought the game. He was smart. He saw the ice well. Um, just everything about him was, was a positive thing and most of the conversations I ever had with Jeff with him. So uh, good to have him back for Notre Dame, and he'll be a huge asset for their team. No question. Hey, finally, I want to run this by you because I have a, a friend that's a, a diehard Detroit Red Wings fan, and you're a Michigan right. guy. I assume you're a Red Wing guy. I think you're a Red Wing guy, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am. I'm sticking with the Iser plan. I'm not giving up. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying <laughs> – that when I had this conversation with the Red Wing fan, we came to the conclusion the Blackhawks magically seem to always find yeah. that magical dust, and from the ashes they'll get that number one pick and reignite the organization. And they were they had their best chance of being with the third or fourth pick in the draft, and they vaulted up over number one. The Red Wing fan said to me, how come the NHL doesn't give Detroit some of that dust? We never get that restart. And you know what? Hey, I guess good for the Blackhawks, but – it would not hurt the Red Wings to have a little luck one of these days. I think they hate the Red Wings. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the NHL did for 20, what, 26 years in a row. They made the playoffs. And, you know, the last they haven't been in the playoffs in seven years. Unreal. And that's the longest drought. Yeah, that's the longest drought the Wings have had since the 70s. 
Um, and that was back in the days of Darkness with Harkness when they had Ned Harkness, uh, who was the guy that, that came from, from Cornell. He coached lacrosse. He coached hockey. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, they seem, to, they seem to not get any kind of luck in those lottery things. And, you know, I, I like what they're doing. Like I said earlier, they drafted Trey Augustine, who's, you know, that's an easy one for them to keep an eye on him. He's going to be a difference maker at State. I really think he is. And that was a huge get for Adam Nightingale. Um, you know, and I just think that they're on their way, the Wings. And this this year, they, they need to make the playoffs. I mean, but you look at the East. I mean, last year, the two teams that were right there, Darren, Pittsburgh, I mean, they missed out when Chicago beat them. And that's ultimately what got Florida into the playoffs, Ugh. right? So, you know, and then Pittsburgh just gets Riley Smith. You know, he wins a cup a week and a half ago, and he gets traded to Pittsburgh, which – you know, that's not a bad thing. He gets to go play with Crosby for, you know, next three years or however long Smith plays. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and the Caps, you know, they're they're still chugging away, but they're they're getting older. They're on the back nine. I think Pittsburgh is too. But I think Detroit's got to make the playoffs this year for really for this plan, to real, for the Iser plan to really start working. That's my opinion. Two things really quick. As a Bruins fan, gosh, I love Tyler Bertuzzi, and I'm hoping they can re-sign him. And I think the yeah. Taylor Hall deal might open that door, man. That kid is just an absolute grinder. And second of all, I get Detroit wanted to be in the East, but I miss Hawks' wings five, six times a year. Yeah, I do too. I mean, can you believe that, speaking of Detroit in the East, the Toronto Maple Leafs used to be in the Western Conference with Detroit. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. That's insane. Like, it's, it's good to have those robberies. It really is. I mean, I, I do miss, you know, the Wings and Hawks. I do. And, uh, you know, what a, what, a, what a haul they've had. They've got a lot of good draft picks. So, um, I know Notre Dame had three guys picked in the draft. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing some of their, uh, their incoming guys. Sounds like another, another loaded class for Jeff and company. So, uh, not surprised. And uh, they're going to be, like I said earlier, they're going to be right in the mix this year. I mean, with Bishel and Nett, and what they got coming back and what they're bringing in, I think they're going to be, uh, you know, right there at the end of the day, too, this year, get back in the NCAA tournament this year. Our kids don't realize there was a time the Atlanta Braves were in the National League West. So there was a right, lot of exactly. chaos back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints were in the NFC West in football. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> hey, what? Come on. Oh, <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Ben, good yep. to catch up with you. And, hey, might as well promote this. You're going to be on national TV on Fox coming up. Yeah, I appreciate that, Darren. Yeah, actually, this weekend I'll be on uh, FS1, 530 Saturday, uh, Major League Rugby. It's the sixth year of the league in the United States. Uh, New England, 14-2, and two, 10 straight wins. They're taking on Ooh. Old Glory DC in the Eastern Final. And then Sunday we'll be on at 6 Eastern for San Diego and Seattle. San Diego's 15-1. and one. Seattle's knocked them out of the playoffs every year they've been in, three for three. That'll be on FS2. And then next uh, Saturday, July the 8th, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific. Uh, my Husky's going nuts. Uh, we'll be on Fox, Fox National uh, at 3 Eastern for the MLR Championship from SeatGeek Stadium uh, just outside of Chicago. That might be my new favorite team name, Old Glory DC. I love that. Yep. Yeah, That's they're perfect. they're they're like the they're like the Rocky in the remaining four teams. They're they're the underdog, but they went into New York last week. I did Houston, Seattle in the West, and another crew did that matchup. But I've done Old Glory a lot this year, nice. and 
Um, you know, there's if you're if you know anything about rugby, you probably know about the All Blacks from New Zealand. And there's a player on San Diego. His name is Ma'a Nanu, and he's 41 <laughs> years old and he's still playing. He, oh, played, he played 103, 103 uh, test matches. He was capped 103 times with the All Blacks. He's the Tom Brady of Major League Rugby, but this dude can still wow. bring it, man. It's a great sport. It's a lot like hockey. The people are very similar. It's close-knit. It's uh, it's amazing. I can't believe there's not more injuries. No helmets, yeah. no pads. They just go out and play hard, play with respect. It's a great sport. Sportspeed has been on the air 30 years. That's the first time we've had a New Zealand rugby reference. So congratulations yes. for being the first. Yes. <laughs> hey, thanks for That's doing awesome. this, Ben. Great, greatly Anytime, appreciated. Darren. And looking forward to you seeing too, you at an ice ring sometime very soon. I hope so, too, brother. Thanks for having me on. Keep up the great work. It's always fun talking with you, man. You as well. Thank you much. All right, that's Ben Holden, one of the voices of college hockey on the Big Ten Network, and as you can tell, one of the voices of rugby as well. 554 at WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hour number two, Budweiser's weekday sports beat on this Thursday evening, seven minutes after six o'clock. Well, our Twitter question of the day is something that we do each weekday here on WSBT Radio. We post the question on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Talk about it on this program. And on this program, we pass along the results from the previous day. So, let's go back to yesterday's program. This was the Sportsbeat Twitter question of the day. If 2023 featured a 12-team playoff, do you believe Notre Dame would make the playoffs? Yes or no? That's it. Those were your choices. 88.1% of voters said yes, Notre Dame would make the playoff this year if it was a 12-team playoff. 11.9% said no. Well, you factor in six spots of the 12 Notre Dame cannot grab those six conference champions, so they're battling the rest of college football for six spots I've had Notre Dame 9-3 as my prediction since the end of last season. I've stuck through it so far. So I guess going by my 9-3, I would have voted no because I just don't think 9-3 is going to get you to the postseason. Two lost teams are going to get in, but three, you would have to have a massive strength of schedule and a whole bunch of very tight games just to even have a chance for the playoff. But... You must believe Notre Dame's going to go at least 10-2 and two because 88.1% said, you bet, the Irish would be in the playoffs this year if it were 12 teams. We thank you for voting. We appreciate your input. Now today's question. This is truly one of these fantasy hypotheticals, but it's fun, right? I hope so. Here's today's question. If I could magically promise you that the Notre Dame football team would win the national championship this season, but, there's always a but, but as a result, 
Notre Dame would not make the playoffs for the next 15 years. Would you take the offer? Again, two choices. Choice number one, yes, give me that national championship and I'll suffer through 15 straight years of not making the playoffs. Choice number two, you'll pass on the offer. You're going to let things play out with Marcus Freeman as the head coach. I'm really interested to get the results tomorrow. Again, if I could promise you magically that Notre Dame's going to win the title this year, but as a result, they wouldn't make the playoffs the next 15 years. Would you take it or would you let the next 16 years play out and hoping that Marcus Freeman can get it done? We'd love to get your vote and your input. Go to my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Once you find the question, please reply to the question. Offer some thoughts on why you voted the way that you did. All right, looking forward to the results on tomorrow's Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Ten minutes after 6 o'clock, I'm Darren Pritchett. More sports beat coming up in a moment on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Leading off on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy is good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. A West League champion. Adios! Walk off home run, Eloy Jimenez. Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye, and maybe that's a winner. Here's Darren Pritchett. 615 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Earlier in the program, offered some information on the three Notre Dame hockey freshmen that were taken in today's 2023 National Hockey League draft. The first of the three to be taken today in the second round, pick number 49 overall, a forward from Minnesota. His name is Danny Nelson. He'll suit up for the Fighting Irish this year. So he's from Minnesota. He's going to play for the Irish and got drafted by the New York Islanders. Hmm. I can recall someone else that is from Minnesota, played for the Irish, drafted by the Islanders, and now the captain of the New York Islanders, Anders Lee. The New York Islanders just put this out on Twitter a little bit ago as Danny Nelson at the draft got a phone call from that guy I'm talking about, Anders Lee. Dude, enjoy this moment. Awesome, you're an Islander. And obviously, even better that you're going to the Irish next Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank Love you. for you, man. I'm looking Appreciate forward to meeting you. Play with your family uh, and have a good time. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. See you soon. Yeah, no, no problem. There is not a better person in the world than Anders Lee, and really cool that that phone call was made to Danny on a very special day for him, getting drafted into the NHL, and that Minnesota Notre Dame Islanders pipeline continues with Danny Nelson, and we are looking forward to having Danny Nelson, Cole Knubel, and Paul Fisher, three guys drafted today, part of a big Irish freshman class suiting up for Notre Dame this fall. And, of course, you can hear Fighting Irish Hockey on our sister station, and that being Quality Rock 94.3 FM. One question, five answers. 
This is the My 5 Questions of the Day on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Okay, I'm not expecting perfection with this My 5. This is just a wild guess. There is so much uncertainty in the Notre Dame passing game this year. New play caller, new quarterback, new tight ends, wide receivers taking a big jump. I think anything's possible. So bear with me as I try, and again, try is the key word, to project the top five pass catchers for Notre Dame this fall. As a reminder, last year's top five, Michael Mayer, 67. He's now a Las Vegas Raider. Lorenzo Styles was second with 30. He's an Ohio State Buckeye. Jaden Thomas, 25. He's Irish. Braden Lindsey, 24 catches. No affiliation as far as I know. And Chris Tyree, he's still Irish. He had 24 out of the backfield last year. Ladies and gentlemen, this is number five. All right, let's just go with a wild projection. And who knows, after watching a couple of games, this might just be what to expect. I'm going out on a limb and going with a guy who did not play a snap last year due to injury, Jadarian Price, the running back. I'm going to estimate 26 catches for Price. I'm sorry, I still remember the Blue Goal game two years ago, catching a pass and just taking off for a touchdown. Electric speed, great hands. Coming out of the backfield, I think Price can do some damage. So let's take a shot at him at number five. Four. I'm going to go with a guy I think that's a backup this year at wide receiver, and that is Dion Colsey. I've got Colsey estimated for 32 catches. I got to say this right now. I didn't know what to do with the tight end position. You could argue three or four guys could play, so that could break up all the catches of the tight ends. That's why... There's no Bauman, Evans, Reardon. I, I just, at this point, it's hard to know. Fall camp starts, we might have a different list. But right now, no tight ends. I've got Colsey as a backup at number four. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, number three. And I'm projecting more passes to be caught this year, just going from Buckner Pine to Hartman. You would have to imagine that number across the board completions will increase that's why i've got more catches this year i got tyree third i'm i'm just going to assume he's the slot guy at least starting out boy Jaden greathouse looked good in the spring at least in the blue goal game but tyree had 24 catches in very limited playing time last year now as a full-time wide receiver let's boost that total up to 40. number two Top pass catchers, my projections for 2023 for the Irish. I've got Jaden Thomas second. He was third last year with 25. He's almost going to double his catch total to 48. Now that might seem low based on what we saw in the blue goal game because there was great chemistry between Hartman and Thomas. And the more I go through this list after Great House caught double digit Balls in the blue goal game. He's got to factor in somehow. Isn't he going to have more than 26 catches, which is fifth place? So now I'm talking myself out of everything. All right, let's just keep going forward. I think JT's ready to emerge. I've got him for 48 catches this year. Number one. And a guy with only one catch last year, I've got him catching 50 more passes this year. 
I'm going to take a shot. The leading pass catcher for the Irish will be sophomore Tobias Merriweather. He seemed to take that big step during the spring. And I'm just imagining him being physical, going up, taking footballs away from cornerbacks. Let's go for it. We've got Tobias Merriweather leading the team with 52. And that might be low. I, I don't know. This was hard. If I did this assignment three days later, I might do it totally different. Maybe the leading pass catcher has like 65, but I'm just imagining to defend my answer of 52 being high on the team. There's so many parts that Jared Parker could use, and we don't know how he's going to use them. First-time play caller at Notre Dame. I just feel like the ball's going to go a lot of different places. Hartman's a veteran quarterback, knows how to distribute the football. So more completions, but more guys to throw to it. I'll go with 52 now, but I'm really curious to find out what my fellow media members are thinking what might be the top pass-catching total for the Irish this year. All right, 622 is our time. More sports beat coming up on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, including that season opener. And we are just... 58 days away from Notre Dame and Navy from Dublin, August 26th, 2.30 Eastern time kickoff, 7.30 p.m. kickoff in Dublin. And the game right here, as well as pre- and post-game coverage, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. continues now. Ball caught, touchdown! What a catch on the three-yard line by Jaden Thomas. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Caught on the one-yard line and into the end zone. Tobias Merriweather, first catch of his Notre Dame career, goes for a touchdown from 41 yards out. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Setting up Estevez over the middle, 25-20. He'll score. 10-5. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Budweiser's weekday sports speed being brought to you by Budweiser. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. My name is Darren Pritchett. Hope you're enjoying your Thursday evening. 29 minutes in front of 7 o'clock. South Bend Cubs baseball starts tonight in 45 minutes. 7.15 pregame. 7.35 first pitch. South Bend taking on those pesky Beloit Skycarp. And the Chicago Cubs, 2022 first-round pick out of Oklahoma. Pitcher Cade Horton will be the starting pitcher for South Bend tonight, coming off a fantastic start at home against Fort Wayne last week. And I'm not sure if it's Max or Brennan on the call tonight, or maybe both. Who knows? Find out tonight at 7.15 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I was just looking through Twitter during the commercial break, and one of the individuals I follow from the St. Louis area posted, on this date in 1980, over 40,000 fans turned out at Bush Stadium 2, the new one is 3, for Super Jam 80. It cost $12.50 to get into this event, $15 the day of the show, 
and the Grand Slam Super Jam 80 co-star Journey and Sammy Hagar, okay, with special guests Judas Priest, April Wine, and Shooting Star. Now, I would have been nine years old in 1980. I know Journey. I obviously know Sammy Hagar. I know Judas Priest. I don't remember April Wine or Shooting Star. If you're older than me, you probably remember this group. So I had to look it up. April Wine was one of the most popular and commercially successful Canadian rock bands of the 1970s and early 80s. They had five platinum or multi-platinum albums in Canada, 21 top 40 singles, and... They had songs like Just Between You and Me. Maybe I know that song. That sounds familiar, that particular line in the song. Roller, You Could Have Been a Lady. Not sure what that means. Sign of the Gypsy Queen, Enough is Enough, and This Could Be the Right One. Shooting Star, I know I've not heard of them. An L.A. band who made a video for their song Touch Me Tonight. It received extensive airplay on MTV back then. And rose to 67 on the Billboard Hot 100. And this was their highest charting single of the band's career. So that would have been a fun night. I would have been all in on the last two performances. Journey and Sammy Hagar. Not sure April Wine and Shooting Star I would have been that overly excited about. But can you imagine back in the day you could have got into a concert with five performers for $12.50, and heck, as we know, back then, that was probably a good amount of coin. Gas was a little expensive at that particular time. I mean, put it into perspective, this concert was June 29, 1980. That would have been, what, five months after the U.S. Olympic hockey team shocked the world and beat the Russians on their way to winning the gold medal in Lake Placid in the Winter Olympics back in 1980. 80. Absolutely crazy. All right, 634 at WSBT. I'm ready for the National Football League. I love college football. I'm looking forward to another NFL season. The NFC East has an interesting streak that has unfolded almost for two decades. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles won the NFC East last year. They ended up getting all the way to the Super Bowl where they had a double-digit lead at halftime over the Kansas City Chiefs. They let it slip away. And Kansas City walked away with the Super Bowl title. Now, history shows, despite how talented Philadelphia is, they won't win the division this year. History says that. Maybe not reality, but history. Would you believe it has been since 2005 for a repeat NFC East division champion? The 17-year streak is the longest in NFL history. Now, the Eagles won the NFC East 2001, 2002, 2003, and 2004. The streak was snapped in 2005 by the New York football giants, leading to the current 17-year streak of no-repeat NFC East champions. Now, starting in 06, the year after the Giants won, the NFC East division champion has been Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. Washington sneaks in, then back to Eagles, Cowboys, Washington, Cowboys, Eagles, 
Cowboys, and the last four years, Eagles, Washington, Cowboys, and Eagles last year. DraftKings Sportsbook, the odds to win the NFC East this year. Well, the favorite is the Eagles at minus 125. Everybody else plus money. If you believe in Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, you can get the Cowboys to win the NFC East at plus 190. The New York Giants surprised everybody last year making the postseason in the divisional round, actually the wild card round going to Minnesota and knocking off that Vikings team. Pretty impressive. Danny Dimes is back, now making $40 million per year. The Giants are plus 850 to win the NFC East. And the long shot, the Washington Commanders at plus 1,200. The one thing that would seem to lead to the Eagles not winning the division title would be an injury to their great quarterback, Jalen Hurts. That offense would look totally different with Hurts on the sideline. Otherwise, despite their defensive line not getting the job done against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, that is an elite group. The offensive line getting up in age, highly effective, great running game, terrific pass catchers. A.J. Brown took that offense to another level once he was traded by Tennessee to Philadelphia last year. Good defense overall, so Philadelphia would seem to be in the driver's seat to win the NFC East, but boy, an injury to Jalen Hurts, that might be the one thing that would force the Eagles to not get the job done once again this year. Here we are with the Dallas Cowboys. Would you believe that with Aaron Rodgers being traded from the Green Bay Packers to the New York Jets, that the longest active tenured quarterback with the same team is Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. Dak last year liked throwing to the opposition. He got pretty good at it. Prescott threw 15 interceptions in 12 games. He makes a lot of money, a lot of money, and just needs to be more consistent. They've got him more weapons, and we'll see if the Cowboys can get over the hump. But Philadelphia is going to be a tough out. You know, the Giants snuck up on everybody last year. Saquon Barkley is still not signed. They're trying to get something done there. He has not been able to come common ground with the Giants, simply put, at this particular time. Interesting looking at some numbers the other day. Barkley's touches and overall production went down a pretty good amount in the second half. He was a dominant force in that offense in the first half of the year. Second half of the year, the touches went down. His production went down. The Giants got to get back to that first half. Saquon Barkley in order to get to where they want to go. I read earlier this offseason, some people believe that the Giants have the worst roster in the National Football League. I'm not necessarily buying that. They probably snuck up on teams last year. That won't happen this year, and it's going to be a tougher schedule for the Giants. You just hope that Danny Dimes can take another step. Daniel Jones, the quarterback of the Giants, and the Commanders are trying to figure out who their starting quarterback is going to be. Remember Sam Howell from North Carolina? He might be the starting quarterback for Washington this year. They do have a veteran presence in former Indianapolis Colts signal caller Jacoby Brissett. 
that's probably not a great place to start Washington going through an ownership change. Maybe this leads to better things ahead for the Commanders, just a franchise that has flatlined once Daniel Snyder took over that franchise. He's now exiting stage right. Maybe Washington gets back into the higher levels of the NFL. Boy, they were so good in the 80s and early 90s with the Hogs, that great offensive line. Joe Gibbs could win with, my goodness, any quarterback. He had Joe Theismann. He had a combination of Doug Williams and Jay Schrader when they won Super Bowl XXII against Denver. And then in the 90s, they knocked off Buffalo with Mark Rippon, but always a great running game. John Riggins, Timmy Smith, and you think about Ernest Biner, I think, was one of the running backs for Washington when they knocked off Jim Kelly and the Buffalo Bills back in the 90s up in Minneapolis. So it's been a while since we've had a repeat champion in the NFC East. The Philadelphia Eagles are looking to change history in 2018. And 23. Hey, quick thought on Major League Baseball right now. The White Sox are trying to get the job done out in Anaheim. They scored a run in the first and six in the third. They were up by a score of 7-4 to four at one point. It's still 7-5 White Sox with the good guys coming to the plate in the top of the ninth inning. Aloy Jimenez with a couple of RBI and a base hit during a six-run third inning and Lance Lynn might end up with a victory he gave up three home runs in the first two innings six innings eight hits five earned runs seven strikeouts 105 pitches for the old grumpy Lance Lynn and the Sox trying to pick up a victory out in LA it is 7-5 and with the victory they would split the four-game series against the Halos good win for the Tigers today they took down the Rangers in Arlington by a final score of eight to five And it is the Cubbies and the Phillies at Wrigley Field coming up in a little bit. Kyle Schwarber back at Wrigley Field. That's a guy that should never have to buy a beverage or a meal in that city. Coming back from that horrible knee injury early in that World Series championship year of 2016 to get back for the World Series. And without that bat, I still don't think the Cubs get it done. Schwarber was so timely with his hitting In that World Series, eventually the Cubs came from 3-1 down to take down the then Cleveland Indians to win that first World Series title in a long, long time. All right, so Cubbies and Phillies coming up tonight. And let's see here. I'm trying to look really quick. The Reds are in first in the Central, and I think they have the night off tonight, so a chance for the Cubs to pick up a half a game in the good old NL Central. Okay, coming up in a couple of moments, we have our Sizzler segment. It's our sports wagering conversation that we have each night. It's been a fabulous month of June. Last night was ho-hum for the month, only two and two, but we are having a terrific week and month on this We Going to Sizzler segment. So we'll get to all the details on that in just a few moments and some picks for tonight's action. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 